Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. We have another win to talk about. Not used to this feeling at all. It's been a few years since Sunderland have managed to string some results together uh, at the start of the season like they have done. Um, no Gareth tonight, so joining myself, Stephen Goldsworth, we have Chris Willis. You're cute to say something, Chris? Sorry, it literally, as you said my name, Zoom cut out a bit okay. on my end, so it was like... <laughs> Really unfortunate time. Hello, just say, just say hello, everyone. Um, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm trying to do like you know the the usual um, dry humour that uh, Gareth starts a pod with, and it hasn't gone very well. No, it doesn't. Um, we are also joined for the second week in a row by um, <laughs> Phil Smith from the Sunderland Echo. Maybe a, a good luck charm, Phil. Perhaps. I think the previous four and a half years. Was- <laughs> well, yeah, that is true. But it's not like I've been, I've not like I've been tracking that data. To be fair, maybe we should have done that. Maybe we should like track to see the success or the outcome of Sunderland's result and um, compare it to who's who the guests were. And um, let's go all massively superstitious like that. But 1980, Phil, I think, is what Sky have said for the first time. Sunderland have won the first two league games. Have you checked that out? Have you bothered? Uh, have you ever crossed your mind on us? Not really. No. Um, <laughs> we'll take Sky's word for it. I mean, they should be as good bit, as anybody, shouldn't they? It's a bit early for that kind of stuff, isn't it? I always think like ten games is when I start. Uh, totally, so, ten to twelve games uh, every yeah. season, and we probably say that every season. But it's still the, you know, I think, I think people think we don't credit the manager enough on here. So I think you, you know, credit to him because this, this, it's a tough start. This on paper, we're going to end the Dons with two of the sides um, that were signing all sorts of players and throwing money around, and and were fancied by a lot of people who know this division. So. Um, congratulations to him, I guess, on, on making sure the players are prepared. Six points from those two games, not bad at all. No, 100%. I think that is a, f- a fair point because, you know, for all I say, it's too early for that kind of thing. I think if you roll back three weeks, um, looking at where the squad was, you know, in terms of the personnel, not the performances in pre season, I think if you'd said to people, um, how many points are we going to get from those first two games, I- I'm not sure a massively high percentage would have gone with six. Um, and there's still two teams who I expect to be up there as well. I thought we saw more than enough from MK Dons on Saturday to suggest they'll be a very strong team this season. I thought they were pretty good for large parts of the game. Wigan have then gone away and beaten Rotherham at the weekend, and we all expect Rotherham to be right up there. So, yeah, I think it's two hugely impressive performances. Saturday, less convincing, I think you would have to say. But in the main, it's a really excellent start of the season. Huge credit to, to the manager and the players for that. Mm. Well, we'll talk about the game in particular, then you say not as not as convinced, I know they're certainly hanging on by the end. Um, interesting things to to note in terms of the team selection. Dan Neil moved into midfield. We were having that discussion last week. I know Luke O'Nine was ill, I think, was he? And that was kind of what, what forced that decision. I know myself and you differed a little bit on where we saw his best position in midfield, but your, your thoughts on his contribution? Well, I thought, I did think Luke O'Nine's energy was missed a little bit. Um, I think that you know, when you look at the way they're trying to set the team up this year, they want Luke in that number eight position because they think he'll break the play up. They think he'll get in the faces of opposition defenders and he'll have that, bring that intensity to the press. And I do think there were times, especially in the first half, where actually I felt someone lacked that player a little bit who could disrupt the rhythm. You know, Ethan Robson had a lot of time on the ball. Um, Matt O'Reilly, who I thought was a very good player, he had a bit much time on the ball. Having said that, I thought Dan, Dan Neil was excellent and, you know, I feel like, it's like when I went to see White Lies at the NME introducing uh, Tua and I was telling everyone for about two years they were going to be the next big thing. It's very exciting for me to see 
Dan Neil <laughs> kicking on the way he is because what you saw on on Saturday was what we've seen from a while from him in the under-23s and in pre-seasons. He always looks to take a positive option in possession, always likes to play forward. Um, and I thought it was a really good performance from him. Excellent pass for Embleton. Yeah. Um, and another one to get the penalty as well, which should have rounded the game off. That was a brilliant bit of vision and a brilliant run from Stewart as well. Yeah, and it's it's questionable if, if we think Lugo 9's got that pass. I mean, Lugo 9 brings different things, as you just said there, high energy in your face. You know, you probably won't get that from Dan Nail, but Dan Nail's got that killer pass off feel as well. So it's going to be an interesting dilemma when everybody's fit for the manager, but a nice one to have, I guess. That's the old cliche, isn't it? A nice, a nice headache to have, isn't that what they say? Yeah, I mean, I still think, as I, I think we talked about this last week, I still see Neil more of a, personally, I see him more of a six. Than you think they could both play if, if I say, Evans I, isn't is if Evans I think, isn't I think Neil and O9 could absolutely play together. I think, yeah, you might lose a little bit of Neil's passing sort of around the opposition area, but I think he'd be excellent and very, very comfortable dropping deep, starting attacks off, um, linking up with the likes of Callum Doyle. We've seen him do that in pre-season. So, yeah, I think that, you know, I don't expect Neil to play 50 games this year, but I think he'll play a lot. And I would expect there'll be times when he does play alongside O9. And, you know, with Embleton in front or potentially Pritchard, I think that's quite an exciting prospect. Why didn't he play more last season, Phil? Is, this, is he just missed out to reputation to players with bigger reputations in the game? Is that is that harsh on Johnson to say that? Because, you know, him and Embleton were presented to us by some new signings. Now, they're not new signings. You know, they were, here, they were here last season, those two. I know Embleton, yes, he's gone out and played some for Blackpool, but he's been another one who's been highly rare for a while. Do we think there's been a lack of bravery, perhaps, in some of the team selections? Yeah, a, a little bit. I certainly think at the start of the season last year, there was an element of that. I don't think Neil, you know, I think if you'd gone based on pre-season performances, Neil would have been in your team, but Johnson kind of went back to a more familiar setup and uh, Parkinson, sorry. Um, there was a suggestion sort of from Parkinson behind the scenes that after a you know, fantastic preseason, Neil's training levels had dipped a little bit. Obviously, it's impossible for me to give you a judgment on whether that's the case or not, but that was certainly the justific- justification that Parkinson had used. Um, and then, yeah, maybe with Johnson, just a little bit of lack of familiarity, not a huge amount of time on the training pitch to actually see him in action. Um, but yeah, I think similar probably to, to Ethan Robson, Certainly similar to Elliot over the last couple of years, maybe a little bit of a lack of bravery that, that we are seeing corrected now. And to be fair, I think Neil probably is better from having a year. You know, we had a lot of responsibility in the under-23s team. He was the captain and um, playing in a good side. And I would have liked to have seen him more last year, but I do think he has benefited from having that kind of key role, if you like, in a, in a team that ended up doing pretty well. Mm, of course, you know, uh, Chris, if you if you if you'll be bothered to contribute anything, I'll bring you in. Um <laughs> sitting there saying nothing. Um, <laughs> I think you know, the concern was when when Evans has gone off and we've had to shuffle things around. We've we've we looked a bit chaotic on on Saturday. I think that would be fair to say. So we still we need a right back, don't we? That's the that's the crux of it because everyone's getting shifted around. Yeah, we do. It's kind of weird, really. I think like we said, this was a bit of the risk. Of, I mean. I don't know if Phil has an update, but like um I would hope Evans is gonna be okay because um I think we said it when he signed, like he looks a solid enough sign and I think on the basis of what we've seen so far, he does look a good footballer and he 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 breaks things up and he controls the tempo quite well and that, but we don't really I don't know. I'm not sure we we definitely have someone who despite the fact we've got an abundance of midfielders, I'm not sure we've definitely got someone who can fit into that role. I mean, you can you can put people in there, but I, I 
think like when we mentioned like Dan Neal and stuff and that, like I think you lose stuff from certain players if you put them in that role currently, which okay, we might we might have to do. But I do agree. I think on Saturday, um, that that was kind of the key thing for me. I think when he went off, um, look, I don't I don't think we were amazing prior to that, but I think we did. Um, it was just we were put by virtue of people getting moved around like they did. Um, they lost they lost a bit of shape and a bit of composure and that. Uh, but we grounded out. Um, I thought, to be honest, I thought it was I thought it was a great result. I thought it was a decent enough performance on the whole. I thought um, I thought the first half. I, th- I thought early on they looked really sharp actually, um, and I think uh, yeah, I think I think he's a key player though. Evans, I know. And to to be honest, I, I I take Phil's point about missing on I and I can I can see that on like the kind of energy side of things, and I think there's definitely a role for him at times. But truthfully, I, I watch. I watch Neil, and this isn't a slight on O'Neill or anyone else actually, but like some of the passes he can play and see, I, I feel like um, I feel like he's already like looks like one of the better passes in the team. Um, like the the ball for the second goal, I don't. It looks like a fairly easy pass, but he reacts really quickly to the ball coming out and plays him in behind. The ball, but he'd been shifted out of left back. Ball for Stewart in behind, won the penalty. Um, I th- I, it it is it's a long season and they are going to rotate and whatever else and that but that truthfully like Dan Neil would be in our starting midfield three for me. Uh, any updates on the Evans injury, Phil? Because I'm blaming you for that as well because you told us last week it was a myth that he was injury prone and uh, <laughs> and then he pulls up in the in the very next game. Yeah, I think yeah yeah I'll take that one. Um, <laughs> so I think that Johnson didn't seem overly concerned after the game. He just said he felt some tightness um, sort of around the hamstring, the groin. I'd be very surprised if he played tomorrow. Would be my kind of instinct on it, but it didn't sound like it was. It was kind of overly serious. And fingers crossed. Cause I, do, I do agree. By the way, um, I do think he is comfortably, you know, the best option in that position. It's just one that I feel that all things being equal, and if we had a right back, that I think Winchester and Dan Neil could both play quite comfortably. Yeah. Even if I would probably agree that you'd like Neil in an ideal world to be a little bit further forward. Mm. I th- with Evans, I didn't know if like because he took quite a heavy tackle in the first half, didn't he? And I didn't know whether um, whether it was potentially related to that. Uh, I, th- I think it was a I think it was a bit of muscle soreness that he'd maybe had going into the game. Um, right. It just sort of crept up on him. So, like I say, I, I didn't get the impression it was there was a huge amount of concern. But I, I'd be surprised if he was involved tomorrow, and then we should get an update update after the game. Okay. Uh, you mentioned there a bit earlier, Phil, not as convinced and perhaps as, as a week before, and that's something we're hanging on a bit. But this is this happens in football, and it will do though some of those younger defenders, in particular, the world of good that have been being able to, to to weather a storm like that, won't it? It's part of their development. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like I say, I, I you know I don't necessarily mean that as a knock on someone particularly. I think MK Dons are a side who. Had a lot of continuity. I know people will say the manager left, but realistically, the new manager is not going to have changed anything in a day. And you've got a group of players who most of them have been together for the best part of 18 months, finished last season really strongly, had a full pre season together, have a really defined way of playing that a lot of teams struggle with. So I don't mean it as a knock on Sunderland. I think that there were times in the game where I thought MK Dons looked a little bit more cohesive, a little bit more sure of themselves. And I think that's what you would expect from a team who's had a lot longer together to develop. And like you say, you know, the likes of Callum Doyle, Dan Neal, you know, Dennis Serkin as well, to come through that challenge, they'll they'll only be better for it. And yeah, I think that, 
you know, it's to get six points from where the squad's been, um, albeit I thought they were very good in pre-season. I think it's it's a really, really solid start. Mm. And of course, you know, massive, massive prayers for, for Doyle, hasn't there been, uh, since 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 he's arrived. And, and Tom Flanagan hasn't always been everyone's cup of tea. I think we've always rated him more than others on here, actually. Um, but I, I thought he had a big, big role to play on Saturday. Tom Flanagan gets a, gets a lot of unfair stick, I think. He's a, he's a League One player. Let's not forget. Yeah, I, I thought um, I thought Flanagan was fine. I actually like I'm not criticising Doyle here, but I thought he was quite erratic at times. I thought he got pulled out um, of position. There, there was a there was one in the first half when he kind of lost the ball and he went charging off to the right wing to get it. And to be fair, and I think he did actually win it back. But there was a couple of times he got pulled about and he came out of position. And but he's 17 year old. Like it's gonna it's gonna happen. Like he's he's playing. What's that? Is Second senior game, or did he play during the week? Maybe third. Um, it's going to happen. I actually, I think Phil pointed this out after the game on Saturday. I thought, um, I thought Bailey Wright played a, quite a big role actually when he came on in, um, like helping us shore it up and uh, like just calming people down a bit. And I, I'll be honest, I know we've we've obviously signed um, Alves on loan from West Ham and. Sounds like he's going to go in at centre half, but like that—that's primarily where we're going to play him. Um, but truthfully, like seeing what what you want to do on Saturday, made me think I would be quite reluctant to let Wright go because um, I think you do need a bit of experience there. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I've been one of the ones banging the drum about like getting a bit of youth and energy into the team, but at the same time, um, it's a difficult div- division, I think, to have like a really really young back four. Which is what we're shaping up to have, and I think I think you do need a bit of that experience there. But look, um, but I'm not saying Doyle had a poor game or anything, but I think you could see how he is, 17 year old on Saturday. And that's why he's here, isn't it? That's why he's here on loan to get to get those experience, to get those those minutes. Do you do you think he's um, going to be considering letting any more defenders leave? Phil, it's a bit risky. That it's, it's you know, as, as Chris said, you know, Alves has come in and. And Doyle, with Flanagan and, and and Wright would be the the experience to go alongside that four and a two. Seems okay to me. Well, I think he has the number of centre halves that he wants at the moment. So, you know, he's got those four kind of um options. He's got Oliver Younger, who could probably come in at some stage, certainly for the Pat Johns. Um and he's also got Arbonet, who they're very keen not to put too much pressure on. So that leaves you with kind of four senior options and a couple who can fill in. That's the number that he wants. So if any defenders were to leave over and above that, it would be on the proviso. I think that they would bring another one in. Whether they're willing to do that, I think it depends on a lot of factors. I think you know, Chris mentioned there that the experience that Bailey Wright brings and the contributions he can make over the course of the season, and I think everyone at the club is aware of that. The head coach is certainly aware of that, and he's spoken about it regularly, hasn't he? How you know Wright can be a really important player. I think the speculation around him is more just a reflection of the fact that. You know, I think everybody knows he was recruited by Phil Parkinson to be one of the three or four key players in the team. And he'll have been given a contract that reflected that. He's got one year left on that. The club's moving to a new model, a new playing style. So I think there's inevitably going to be speculation, interest and a discussion to be had. Um, but it would be incumbent on somebody, one, to pay a fee and two, to give that, you know, Bailey Wright or Tom Flanagan or whoever the kind of contract that would you know, and guarantees on playing time that would make them want to consider leaving. So it's not something that I think is 
nailed on or anything like that at this stage. I think Johnson has the number of centre-halves he wants. Could I see a scenario where there's a little bit of change before the window shuts? I think there is a possibility of that, but I think it's unlikely at this stage, and I don't think they'd be willing to let Wright go unless they were pretty confident in the, in the replacement, who they could bring in. Yeah. Um, and we will take a little break, and then we'll come back and we'll look at uh, the, 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 the you know Alves and, and uh, another side that's been confirmed today. Uh, look ahead at the Burton game and, and get to some of your tweets as well. Hi, this is Darren Williams, and you're listening to the Wise Men Say podcast. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. We have another game, first league midweek game of the season. Just remind you that these games come around thick and fast, hardly any time uh, to catch your breath. So we're going to look at that first. We'll just acknowledge the uh, signing that's been uh, confirmed today. Again, another one that's gone under the radar just surfaced yesterday. This didn't. Uh, in terms of um, becoming public, and that's um, Nathan Broadhead, who we think sounds like a, a bit like a Coronation Street character. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, an attack and player fills so centre forward, but possibly he's he's played out wide before that as well. But apparently, he's sort of found his way by playing up front in in the last year or so for Everton. Welsh yeah. Welsh lad. Yeah, I think he's been brought in as a centre forward. I think it's fairly well known, isn't it? They've been looking for another centre forward, someone who can kind of replicate what Stewart's done in the early weeks of the season. And that requires a certain level of athleticism and pace. Obviously, I've not seen a huge amount of broadhead, but that certainly seems to be the consensus from Everton in terms of what he can bring. Um, So, yeah, I think maybe in some occasions over the season, we might see him out wide, but I do think he's very much brought in to be part of that that striking unit, if you like. He's 23, so he's not really young so you kind of feel like this could be make or break chance for him as well don't you I know he's on the bench I know he's on the bench for Everton the weekend but they are expected to have a couple of reinforcements in that area aren't they yeah I think I think they had a number of players isolating didn't they which is why I think this move might have gone through before but obviously they needed um, to keep him just in case they needed him but yeah I mean I think that you're right he's obviously had a really good season in the 23 league and I think you can see from the Sang the Frederick Alves, that's obviously one that Sunderland have been watching very closely over the last six months for, for potential talent. And I'm sure Callum Doyle came into that as well. But yeah, for sure at 23, it's a, it's a time when he needs to kick on senior football and hopefully he'll kind of arrive here really, really hungry to make his mark. Yeah, and Speakman's knowledge of the academy system hopefully is where we, we will see, you know, all this bear fruit because we this is a new thing. Sunderland have had these players on loan. For years, you know, ever since we fall, fall, ever since we fallen out of the Premier League, we went and we signed. We've, we've even had players from Everton, um, and there's some obvious examples of that. Um, I was going to say we're not talking about that, Steve. <laughs> and um, you know, so you know, it isn't like this. This brand new sort of sort of idea that's like blown everybody away. That's never been done before. But um, I think it's one of them. Like, like hopefully, I mean, the the very few clips. I've seen him. He looks quick. He looks a decent finisher. So that's that's two two boxes um, ticked that our current backup strikers don't, um, or at least in combination don't. So um, yeah, I think I think it's one of them. I mean, I'm I'm unsure how much. I, I know the the athletic today. I reckon the the reason he's opted to come here is he's uh, more likely to get minutes, um, which will be interesting because it would be interesting to see how he fits in. I, I, when I First saw come out last night. I thought it sounded a bit more like kind of padding the squad out, but maybe maybe that's wrong. Maybe um, maybe he's going to 
compete for a first team space. Um, we'll see, but I think we all we all agreed we needed numbers up, up yeah. front in that area. So, um, uh, truth be until we see him play, I think it's hard to um, to have too much of a, a view on it. But it, it is another box ticked at least. Yeah, it does. It is, and you know, like I said, hopefully, you know, this is where I speaks from knowledge of that whole area and that sector. We'll come into it because previously, um, you know, we, we don't see the inside of, of of how these transfers have gone, apart from the Will Grigg thing, um, and, <laughs> and um, you know, so fingers crossed on that. Uh, Burton, Phil made a good start, uh, six points as well from two games. I uh, did something with Kevin Phillips the other week, and he backed Burton to get promoted. He was he was quite strong in that opinion, um, that he looked at their squad, thought they had a good squad, and in particular thinks I've got a good manager. Yeah, well, obviously they were, um, you know, excellent under Jimmy Floyd when he came in, came in last season, and I think that they're the kind of side. If you look through their results, very, very, very low margin games. They very rarely thumb teams, and they even rarer that they get thumbed. Um, so it'll be a really, really tight game. Um, they're quite direct, I think. Um, I think that's fair to say. It'll be a really combative game. It'll certainly be very different from the MK Don's one. Um, and I don't expect there to be a huge amount in it. So it's going to be a really interesting test, and you know, especially for those young defenders, I think, that we kind of spoke about earlier in the pod. Um, and they obviously, I think people will remember from last year's game, which Sunderland won comfortably in the end. But you know, they've got Johnny Smith, who's a very, very talented winger, formerly of Bristol City, who caused a lot of problems that day. So I think this is a... I, I, I'm not convinced they'll get promoted, but I do think this is another tough game. It has been a tough start of the season. Yeah, it certainly has on paper. Uh, sad that we can't go to Burn and it's not a weekend game, Chris, because that was a good trip that one, isn't it? The, uh, the, yes. amount of, the amount of pubs. I was about to say, uh, it's, a, it's one of those trips that you struggle to remember the next day. I think you've had a good time. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's a tough game. I think uh, they're a decent side. I, I remember when the fixtures came out, there was a few people saying we had like a, an easy enough start on paper and I'm not really sure where that came from because I think out of the first six games, we've got five teams that you I would think anyway are going to be up there fighting for promotion. So yeah, I think it's a, and I think actually, um, not that I not that I want to give up our win and run quite so easy and that I don't actually think a point's a terrible result on the on the back of the fact we've won the first two games of the season. I think um, oh, yes. seven out of nine points would never be sniffed at anybody by anybody uh, exactly. surely. And if if Evans is missing, as it sounds like he's probably going to be, like he is a pretty um, like key part of the team and that, so I don't think that would be the, the end of the world. But at the same time, um, I think like we said like before the season started, I think going forward, we've got enough to worry anyone. I think we saw that again on Saturday. I thought we didn't really mention it in the first half of the pub, but I thought Stewart again was like really quite impressive. Um, he's he's a much and I'm I'm not going to get into the whole him versus White thing, but he, he he's a very much more rounded striker than we've we've seen for a while and um and he and he'll cause anyone problems um so yeah i, I think it, sh- it should hopefully be a, a good game um one one point actually we didn't uh, another lab we didn't mention in the first i thought Sergan was um really quite impressive until, until he tired on um on saturday and i think it'll, it'll be interesting and phil's just mentioned there like um talk about a young defence and that but I thought he looked quite assured and it's a bit cliche but he, he kind of looked like a footballer and the previous incumbent in that position <laughs> kind of didn't so um, 
I think I think there's a lot of promising signs. Uh, like I say, I think I would be happy with a draw, but I, I don't see why we have to settle for that. What do you think it'll do, Phil, in terms of team selection? This is obviously, you know, it's not like a cup game where it's a given you're gonna you're gonna freshen things up because there's points to play for. But at the same time, he's gonna have to use his squad, isn't he? And this is this is a challenge I feel because we've always said this, the the starting eleven and the the first sort of twelve or thirteen players look good. There's not much behind it though. Is it, that's been the criticism? I know he's starting to address that with signings now. Yeah, I wouldn't expect to see a huge amount of changes. Um, if O Nine's fully recovered, I would imagine he'd come in for for Evans if Evans isn't fit, and Neil would maybe shift across into that sort of sixth role. Um, I suspect he'll probably be considering bringing Bailey right back. Um, he looks pretty sharp. Might be the kind of game where you want Wright's kind of experience and aerial. At the expense of who? That would be an interesting call. Possibly Flanagan, maybe. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I just think that's one thing he might be considering. But I don't think tomorrow will be the game where he makes kind of significant changes. Um, I would expect it to be a fairly similar setup. Okay. Right. We've got some some tweets now. We we <laughs> we always ask this and we normally forget to read them out. So apologies about that. It's probably the first time in three years we've remembered to do it. Um, but we do have some some questions across the board. A lot of people asking about the signings, really. You know, Alex is one, Clayton's another one, uh, Josh is another one. So, saying, what do you think we still, you know, we, we still need fullbacks? What else do you think we need to do in the transfer market? Um, after the announcement of Broadhead signing today, what do you think he, what do we need to do and what will he do, Phil? Well, I think two fullbacks. I think is probably still the priority for me. Well, they certainly obviously need a right back. I'd still like one more, potentially one maybe you could play in both positions would be ideal. Um, and I do think over and above that, it'll probably be largely dependent on outgoings, I think. Um, I think if you know Grid was to leave, I think they would maybe look at another forward player, possibly another striker. Um, yeah, I think, I, I don't think it's a million miles off now. He said that his ideal way of operating is kind of, he plays and three or four youngsters, um, and we're not a million miles off that now. So with with two fullbacks, I think it then becomes a case of, of whether anyone leaves and, and then going in and looking to replace them. Keith Cowden has asked about that actually. If there's a realistic chance of getting rid of Wilkrig in the window, it seems to be every season. We wait. It's, it's the day before the deadline or something, isn't it? Somebody. I was going to say. I think it surely it depends on on money. Unfortunately, like surely it depends on like. How much? Because as far as I know, nobody else in the league is going to pay him what he's getting paid here. It's so, which my fancy go, you know, they sign a player every day. Yeah, well, that's true. Right? They've, signed, they've signed another one the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just I think it, it depends on that. Like, surely, if we do get rid of him, be it on loan or permanently, we're going to have to contribute to his wages for like the final year of his contract because he's, he's on too much money. I mean, the to be honest, I'm one of the people who's kind of defended Greg and like advocated giving him a chance in the past. But I thought Johnson's comments last last week were like pretty damning. Um, it's pretty rare you hear a manager come out and be that blunt about um, what was <laughs> what was the uh, phrase he, he said. Sunderland and Will Greg have got different objectives. I think is what he said. And uh, <laughs> so he needs to do a lot more, doesn't he? Which yeah. uh, again. Like I mean, I was quite, really. I mean, yeah, I was quite surprised they didn't just leave him in Milton Keynes on Saturday because he travelled down to get the squad. So I thought maybe they were just giving him a lift down there. But apparently not. I mean, yeah, it's it, 
I mean, surely there is the chance that he goes. I, I have a feeling we're probably holding out for somebody coming for him permanently. And if they don't, he might, a bit like in January, he'll depart at the last minute on loan. Yeah. It's uh, Luke O'Nine debate's not going away, Mike is saying. Um, O'Nine, after watching him against Wigan and Port Vale, isn't it time he realised his positive attributes are as a defender and not in centre midfield. We've kind of touched on this already, Phil, but that debate's not going to go away, is it? You, you feel because in, until we get a, a bigger squad, at least, because you can see why people are coming up with it. You know, he's played right back for two and a half years, and we need a right back, and now he's not playing there. You know, yeah, although I, I, although many people during that period were asking for him to be played in midfield. Yeah, I mean, I do kind of get it in at the moment. It's you know when you haven't got those fullbacks, I think it's a fair question to ask. Well, on the other side of it, I would just say I think it's way too soon to say that he's a better defender than a midfielder. I don't think we've seen enough of him in midfield to make a, a fair judgment on that. I think the, the, ultimately the head coach has made a decision that he believes him be a top league one number eight. Um, and we've got to give it a bit more time before we make a definitive judgment on that. And as I said before, I did actually think watching on Saturday, I, I did think that he has some attributes that Sunderland, Sunderland were missing in stages of that game. So... I can get it at the moment, but I think Winchester's done fine at right back. Um, and yeah, I would like to see 9 play another 10, 12 games in that position before I start kind of, yeah. you know, making a making my own decision on that and what I think on that. Yeah, I think, it, it, yeah, and it, and it helps that Winchester's done okay there because you won't get the same energy O9 gives you a midfield, I guess, that, you know, from Winchester. And he has looked there. A couple of people have mentioned that as well. What do you think? Is Winchester now going to be going to be converted into a right back? I guess it depends what transfer business happens. I think surely we we have to get a we have to get a right full back. Like Winchester wasn't signed as a as a right back. I know he's played there before and he's yeah. done fine so far. But it's it's like you know we have, we have a good go to Chris. We've had plenty of seasons <laughs> down the years as discussed <laughs> where we have midfielders I mean, playing right back. I mean, we said it two weeks ago, didn't we? We said like like we were saying the. People were right to have concerns, but we'll see where they are at the end of August. And like they've signed three people since then, and it's, it, they're all in places we'd expect to sign people. I think, I think the right back is kind of. So I, I agree with Phil. I think we need two fullbacks, but I think like if you, you get a right back, that's the last of like your essentials because then you have got a first team that that I think you're pretty much happy with. Um, I, I put if we don't get one, yeah, I think Winchester. Possibly will be there for the rest of the season because it really it does look as if O'Neill's been promised that if he plays he's going to play in the centre of midfield. Whether whether that's for the best of the team I'm not too sure, but it does look as if that's the case. Ryan is asking us if our negativity is having a positive impact on the transfers, and if so, will we keep doing it? So we could well, take, I, I we could the, take the credit for it, terrible, you know. to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I definitely heard of at least one player who turned us down because we were um, being negative on a podcast. Um, you know that that word that word did get to us. So um, you know, we'll, we'll try and change our tune a little bit on that. How confident are people for the match then? Because uh, you know things can change quite quickly in football, can't they? Um, it is interesting that Ipswich we use as the example of like you know Paul Coop, the 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 guy who gets teams promoted from this division, being given a free reign almost to go and sign or put together this. League One super squad or whatever, and they were, you know, very, very late equaliser at Hobnam Morgan on the first game, and then they lost the second game, of course. Um, so, uh, you know, the feel good factor can quickly, quickly be added or quickly be removed. But um, I think 
we should be semi-confident for this, shouldn't we? I think so. I don't. I don't see why. Like, like I said, I said before, like I wouldn't be upset at a point, but I think, um, like uh, we said earlier, I, I think results like Saturday, even when we weren't necessarily our best, certainly in the second half, grinding it out. I think that's like that's a big, big positive, and it's. Um, it, 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 again, it's a cliche, but it's those sort of results are the ones you kind of don't think too much of. But you look back at the end of the season, you go, you know, that that was really key. They've got a bit of momentum going. Like we could have could have easily wielded after Gutierrez that penalty. You know, it could have gone the other way, but hung on in there. And um, yeah, I, 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 I think it'll be. I generally think it'll be a good game. Uh, I know we've lamented the state of League One football for three and a bit years now, but. I'm actually enjoying it more now that we've got a bit of energy in the team and you've got a few academy grads coming through. I find obviously it helps that we're winning, but um, I think it'll be a good game. But yeah, I'm, um, I don't know. I'll be positive and say, yeah, we'll, we'll scrape it 2 1 again. I think so. Uh, yeah. Great. Uh, Phil, what do you, what do you think? Instinctively tomorrow? Tough game. Tough game. I'm, I'm going to be positive as well. I'm going to go narrow win. Um, but yeah, I do think this is going to be another really tough game. And I think if someone have got either seven or nine points at the end of it, then I think you'd have to hail a, an excellent start of the season. Oh, I think it's absolutely, uh, it absolutely would be a good start of the season. So, fingers crossed, um, we'll we'll get a positive result and uh, it is a great start. So, we are enjoying the high energy football, credit to the manager for that. And uh, it's not like us to start like this. It's um, kind, of a bit, kind of a bit weird, really. Um, long may I continue. So, we'll be back later on in the week on Thursday to look back at the Burton game and look ahead to the weekend. As always, thank you for listening.